Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc soap and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. All right, good morning, good morning, Fusion Church, 6 a.m. SOAP. How you feeling? You guys ready to dig into another one? You're awake, you're alert, you're ready to go. Today, we are in 2 Kings 4, verses 8 through 37. We're, we're continuing on this, this journey of miracles, miracles that took place um, in the Bible as we are in this miracles and motions, spiritual growth journey as a church. Um, so we're going to be talking about Elisha and 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 the the Shunammite woman's son. Um, and uh, I have no other real announcements or anything to really inform you all guys on, except uh, get ready, guys. Come on, we are in a, in a crazy, crazy season at Fusion Church. God is moving. We're already getting testimonies of miracles and and blessings and just the way the Lord is working in people's lives. Um, and what better way when we kind of lose some of our focus to dig into the word and see what he has already done to remind us what he's going to do in the future. Amen. So let's pray. and We're going to get into it. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity, this chance we get to, to come together in fellowship, Father, and read from your word and read about the things that you've already done, Lord. Father, and if you did it before, you will do it again, Jesus. So thank you for this promise, Lord God. I pray that you would be with each and every one of us, Lord, and that you would just speak to us, Father, and, and reveal new, new things to us, new truths, new revelations that you have for each and every one of us. Father, we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. So 2 Kings 4, 8 through 37, and I am reading from the New King James Version. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him and he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he called. He so he said, "Call her." When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, "About this time next year, you shall embrace a son." And she said, "No, my lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant." But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her, and the child grew. 
Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to his servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her far off that he said to his servant Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, it is, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. Now, when she came to the man of God at, at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near him to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him, but lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, saying, the child has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, there was a child lying dead on his bed. He went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hand on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on, the, on, the, on, on him. Then the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite woman. So he called her. And when he came in to him, and when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Amen. All right. So let me fix this real quick. Okay. So we have this, this woman from Shunem. She's only known as the Shunemite woman. Um, Yesterday we we learned about the the other widow, you know, with the oil and the jars, and you know, bring all your everyone bring your jars. And now here's a whole other woman, an elderly woman, um, has not had a child. Her husband's old, um, but she wanted to serve the man of God because it says in a, a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. See, the relationship between Elisha and the Shudamite woman began when the woman wanted to do something for the prophet and Elisha didn't seek anything from this woman, but she eventually persuaded him to eat some food. And so then verse 10, she says to her husband, let us make a small upper room on the wall. The Shunammite woman wanted to, to do more for the prophet than just feed him. She wanted to bless the prophet of God. And with the approval of her husband, they made a room for Elisha to stay um, in during his frequent travels um, through the area, you know, Elisha, as all the prophets at, the, at that time would do, they would they were constantly moving, constantly delivering the word of God, constantly preaching, constantly ministering, constantly doing something, you know. Um, and so she's like, "Hey, man, every time he, you know, he's he's coming by the town, I want him to have a place that he can stay, you know. I want him to know that there's 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 safety here." And so. Um, 
you know, in verse 16, you know, he, he, he gives her a word. About this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And to this barren woman, this, this, this promise seemed too good to be true. You know, there was a stigma associated with barrenness um, and, and, and in the ancient world. It was a harsh um, stigma that went around if, if you were a woman and as you got older, you did not have children. You know, biblical women during ancient times, they, they, they suffered deep shame because they were not able to do this. And their barrenness um, was often viewed as hiding some kind of uh, sin or some, some flaw or something wrong that they did. Okay. Now us here in 2024, we know that there are definitely medical reasons. There's all, there's a plethora of reasons why, a woman can you know cannot have a child but back in the day they didn't understand all that stuff right back in the day you know if if something was out of the norm you must have done something wrong right as a woman if you did not have a child you had some sin in your life you had a flaw in your life you know um and so this barren woman was was often compelled to 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 uh, share her husband, you know, with another woman. And you see that a lot with, and, and you know, we'll go back to Abraham, you know, Sarah was unable to have a child, even though they were promised a child. Right. And so um, the way it worked back in the day, you would bring in another woman, you're a servant or something, you know, have another wife who would be the woman who would, who would give a child to the husband. Right. Kind of crazy in our in our 2024 lens of how of how relationships work, you know. Um, but this is just the way this is just what happened in biblical times. In verse 17, it says the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. The the woman who who had so so generously provided material things for the prophet of God was now blessed by the God of the prophet. Right. She was being blessed and she was blessed beyond material things. Imagine for so long she had wanted a child, you know, and even when Elisha said you will have a child, you know, she was, you know, she believed in God. She believed that, you know, the prophet was a man of God. Right. But I can imagine that even though everything told her, you know, it was saying you will have a child, there was still that doubt. There was still that lingering doubt. Right. And and we're oftentimes there when we we believe the Lord has spoke to us or someone at the church says, hey, I have a word for you. Hey, I believe the Lord wants you to know. And you're like, man, that's amazing. That's great. But is this really going to happen? Is is this this really is is this possible? So now the Shunammite woman, she is she's in what was perceived as impossible. She was in the blessing. She was in the miracle fusion church. Right now we are in a miracle, right? Cumberland County, we are in a miracle. And listen, I want to invite every single person on this call at some point come out to Cumberland County, right? Come to the school before we're no longer in the school. You want to be a part of that. Right. And once we open up the doors of our new location at 201 Salem Avenue, Newfield, New Jersey, 08344, you are going to be in the miracle, walking into the flow of the Holy Spirit and what he is doing in Cumberland County. Right. And this is where the woman found herself. Now she's holding the blessing. She's holding the promise in her hand.
But then as a, as a child grew, as he grew up, he got sick, right? And he goes to his father, hey, I ain't feeling well. I don't, I don't feel good. And the servant takes the son, lays the son, gives the son to, 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 the, to the Shunammite woman. Verse 20 says, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. This was the son that was granted by a, by, by a miraculous promise. He died. And, and reward for, for her faithful service of the Shunammite woman, the boy tragically died on the lap of his mother after a sickness. This doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't say exactly what was wrong or exactly what happened. What was the sickness? Just that he didn't feel well and he died. So in verse 21, it says, she, she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. She picked up her son, went up to the room that was prepared for Elisha, that was not used, you know, unless Elisha was there, laid him on the bed closed the door and walked away. This shows the faith of the woman. She prepared for the resurrection of the boy, not his burial. Because, you know, the way it worked, you know, you know, there, there was, there was ceremony that went when, when someone passed away, you prepared the body for burial. But instead of doing that, she went and laid him on the bed and prepared him for resurrection. She had no doubt heard about the story of Elisha's mentor, Elijah, who, who raised the son um, um, of the widow of, of, of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17, you know, because that son as well died. The widow's son died, and Elijah carried the boy to the upper room of the house where he stayed at that particular woman's house. And it said, and he laid the boy on his own bed and cried out to God in 1 Kings 17, 21. Oh, Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Verse 22, then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. Listen, miracles did not stay secret. Miracles did not. If God moved, it went around. Word got out. So no doubt, Elijah arguably the greatest prophet you know in in the in 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 the time of Israel and now his successor Elisha this woman heard the stories and she said if God did it before he will do it again amen if the miracle took place before he can do it again brothers and sisters in your own life if God did it before he can do it again if he did a miracle in someone else's life why would he not do a miracle in your life right don't ever sit here and think that you are not worthy of a miracle. Don't ever think you're not worthy of a blessing. Don't ever think that God will not do it. God could not do it. I don't deserve it. Who are you to say what you deserve and do not deserve? You are a child of God. You are a son and or daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he wants to bless us. Amen. But we have to, we have to be faithful to him. We have to believe it. We have to be incessant and stand on that promise of God, right? This woman did not act as if her son was, was dead. She acted as if he was going to be raised from the dead. Amen. And, and so the shooting white, white woman, you know, she goes, she goes to, to, um, um, uh, uh Elisha 
and 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 she didn't want Elisha to 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 learn of the grief through his through his servant Gehazi. She wanted a man of God to hear it from her, right, and from her own lips, so he could he could know her grief. She could feel her grief, not hearing it second, third hand. No, I want you to hear from the source what has happened in my life. Verse 27 says, let her alone for her soul is in deep distress and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Elisha seemed seemed astonished or mystified by this woman who, who we can presume he prayed for often, right? That was his people. You know, that was his people. That was his support system. Why would he not be constantly concerned and praying for that family, right? But he could see that she was in crisis and that crisis was hidden from Elisha. And in this in this particular circumstance, Elisha was more surprised that God didn't speak to him than if God had spoken to him, right? God is always speaking to us and God was always speaking to Elisha. And so Elisha was like, like, God, why haven't you, why haven't you spoken to me about? Like, I'm blind, right? We have to be open and sensitive to his voice. If we're not hearing anything, then there's a reason to be concerned. It doesn't say why God didn't speak to Elisha, right? Maybe God was also working on Elisha. You know, maybe, you know, God wanted Elisha to, to know that, you know, I can speak to you and bring revelation to you through more than just my voice. I can use anything, anybody to speak to you. I don't know. Right. I don't, I, you know, I can't speak on that. But regardless, Elisha was concerned if that the Lord had not revealed this to him. If you feel like the Lord is not speaking to you, you need to have, there, there's room for concern. Right, because the Lord is always speaking to us. We just have to have our eyes open, our spiritual eyes open to His Word. Right, we have to be open to receive what He wants to say. Because quite often, right, we're listening for God to tell us what we want Him to say. We're listening for God to tell Him to tell us what we want to hear from Him. Right. We pray to God, give me this. God, bless me, bless me, bless me, right? You know, I want this, I want that, Lord, blah, 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 whatever it is, whatever your circumstance is, right? And God is maybe saying, baby boy, baby girl, I got something better for you. But we're so focused on this thing, this one thing. And God's like, I'm over here. Listen, I have it. I have the blessing, right? but we refuse to see what it is over here. We want to see how it is over here. And he always has greater for us. He who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. One, one translation of that verse is think or imagine. He wants to do greater than we can even imagine. So come on. So whew, about to get on a tangent. Verse 29, he tells his servant, Lay my staff on the face of the child. Instead of going directly to himself, Elisha sent his servant Gehazi with his staff. And this seems to follow a previous pattern of Elisha. Right? He did not always do things for people directly, but he gave them the opportunity to work with God and to trust him for themselves. God told 
you know, in in Second Kings three sixteen, he told an alliance of kings to to have ditches dug, right? He says, and thus says the Lord, make the valley full of ditches. And this was, and as a result of those ditches, there was a miracle of water that came and and, and flooded the, ditch, the ditches because everyone was thirsty, you know. He told uh, earlier in this very chapter, um, he told the widow to gather vessels and pour oil for herself. And as they poured oil, the, the oil continued to go. God does not need us to perform his miracles. He don't need us. But quite often, God wants to use us, right? God wants to use us as we walk out in faith, right? As we walk out in faith and God's saying, just trust me, do this, just trust me. Walk forward, just trust me. Talk to that person, just trust me. Pray this outlandish, ridiculous prayer, just trust me. Brothers and sisters, we just need to trust God. I'm sure the servant Gehazi had Elisha's staff and he's like, you want me to do what with this staff? Just lay it on top of the kid? Like, this don't make no sense. You know? Walk by faith not by sight. It doesn't always make sense. But you know what? God doesn't always make sense, right? And that may be, you know, theologically, you know, hard for some people, but God doesn't always make sense. But you know what? I'd rather have a God that I don't understand than a God that I do understand. Because if I understand God, if everything God shows and reveals and does, if it always makes sense, if I can put an explanation around it, then you know what? I become God, right? But I'd rather serve a God that I'll never fully understand him. And that's the problem with the world today. People, they don't, they don't understand God, so they'd rather say there is no God, right? And they want to put God in a box, they want to say, this is my God. I understand this. I can wrap my head, my head around this. So this is God, right? And he's in a little box and I can, I'll, I'll break the box open in case of emergency, right? But this is what, this is how I understand God, right? That's no God to me. My God is, my God is, is the God of the impossible. My God is, my God is the God of the ridiculous. Amen. That's the gospel according to Pastor Jason. My God is the God of the ridiculous. Like he does things that do not make sense. But when hindsight being 2020, then you can see how he was masterfully moving the chess pieces around in our lives. He was masterfully doing a work, right? That doesn't make sense, but praise God, he still wants to do it for us. He still wants to work in us. It may, and so it may be that the, the Shunammite woman, she failed under the test because she thought that the power to heal was more connected with Elisha himself. She went to the man of God, right? Maybe, maybe if she, because she believed in God and she believed that Elisha was the man of God, but maybe God wanted her to pray to God himself. Maybe, maybe her, perhaps her test was, you don't need the prophet. Come to me directly. I want to, I want to bestow the blessings upon you. You know, I don't know. Maybe that was her test. But we know that the, the child was not healed by the laying on of the staff. Maybe the 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 the, the, the child may have been healed with only the staff if the Shunammite woman would have embraced the promise with full faith. You know, God gives us promises. And in stories like this, 
he may take them away. And he wants to see, do you truly trust me? Do you truly have faith in me? So Elisha goes, he goes to the home in verse 33. He says, he went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. God did heal the Shunammite woman's son in response to Elisha's prayer. And he prayed after the pattern of his mentor, Elijah. In 1 Kings 17, when Elijah was faced with a similar situation, beginning of verse 20, it says, Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretches himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Verse 22, Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down to the from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. See, your son lives. It's why it's so important. We have we have uh, elder saints in the faith here on this call at our church. It's so important to know their stories. It's so important to, to, to learn how God has has blessed them, how, how God has done things um, for them, how God has performed miracles for them. Because we 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 may go through dry times where we it, we are we, we perceive that God is not moving that God is not working but it's so important to know the stories to know the history you know and I guarantee you if you go to any one of you know our, our elders in the church leaders in the church who who have lived some life and have 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 been front row to the miracles of God that they will be more than happy to share with you and to show us an example and not to point to them but to point to God, not to say, look, look, look what I have. Look what God has done. Look at, no, look what God did. Look how he has blessed me. Elisha, he prayed with great faith because he knew God worked this way in the life of his mentor. Elijah, you need to have good mentors in your life. You need to have God-fearing mentors in your life. Again, who will, who will share with you what happened, share what God, how God has moved, and there's a significant contrast between the, the the stretched out prayer of Elijah and Elisha. And, and then if we compare that to the authoritative command of Jesus, when he raised from the dead in John 11, see, Elijah and Elisha begged God to raise the dead, while Jesus commanded the dead to be raised. Let me go back. Elijah and Elisha. They begged for God to raise the dead while Jesus commanded the dead to be raised. That is the authority that we have, brothers and sisters, now because of the power of the Holy Spirit and through the example of our great prophet, our great high priest, Jesus Christ, that we can command things to happen. Now, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden we're all magicians and we can just do all kinds of create. No, 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 no. Because Jesus, when he commanded the dead to rise, he was walking in the full authority of his father. He was walking in the full authority of the Holy Spirit working through him, right? He was in tune with the father. He knew the will of the father because the father was in line with him. 
And we can do the same thing. We can have that same power and authority. So as I close, what can we learn? What can we learn from the Shunammite woman? Well, we can learn to share generously. In verse 8, it says, She persuaded him to eat some food, so it was often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. After providing uh, meals for Elisha, you know, she then asked her husband, Can we do more? Can we do more than just... To just provide him food. She was not stingy with what she had. She was not stingy. It says she was a prominent woman, which means they had some money, right? They were, they were, they were pretty well off. And she was not stingy with it. She wanted to do as much as she can to include providing a roof over the head of a man of God. And not just one, not just an empty room, but a room with furnishings, with a bed and a table and a lamp, right? She went above and beyond. We need to, you know, as well as sharing generously, we need to, to offer hospitality, you know, and be insistent and gracious with our hospitality. The Shunammite woman understood the game of, of deference that we often play, you know, when something's offered to us. You know, if someone wants to give us something, no, it's okay, thank you, thank you, I don't need anything, you know. But when we do that, oftentimes we're we're withholding the blessing, right? We're withholding the blessing. You know, oftentimes, you know, we're, a lot of us, we're great at giving. We're horrible at receiving, right? We want to give, 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 right? We want to be a blessing to others. We want to do everything we can. And then when somebody wants to bless us, it's like, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. But what if God has sent that person to bless you, right? We have to be, we know, we have to, to give graciously, but we have to receive graciously as well. And this was a lesson that, you know, uh, Elisha had to learn. She insisted, no, 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 I want to give you a, 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 a place to lay your head, you know, so you're not, you're not chilling in a, in a cave or in the, in the middle of the desert with a rock as a pillow, you know, come on in, just lay and be, and, and be, be comfortable. Other thing we can learn from this Shunammite woman is that we need to cheer on and support those who are doing God's work by, by referring to, to Elisha as a holy man of God, the Shunammite woman revealed her esteem for God himself and also the prophet that God had called to ministry. Her ministry was to support the man of God that, that, that was the prophet, right? And, you know, a lot of, a lot of us, we are, we're called to support what is happening in the church. We're called to support the man of God. Right, we're, we're called to, to 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 give, to pray, to be a support system. Listen, oftentimes support systems are what make or break a battle. Because you can have the greatest fighting force in the world in the world, but if they ain't got no support, it don't mean nothing. We have our, the man of God that 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 has been called for us, Pastor Brandon and his family. They've been called to lead us. Our elders have been called to lead us. Right. And I've said it before. Not all of us are called to be on the platform, to be singing, to be preaching, to be teaching, to be doing all, all, all that, all that stuff. Right. But if the church didn't have the support system, right, you can have the greatest singers in the world. But if you have nobody turning on the microphones, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Everyone plays a part in this. Everyone that plays a part in this, whether you're whether you're, you're you're serving, right? You're leading a small group, 
You're generous with your giving. You're generous with your time and your talents, right? That is a support system, and the church needs it all. This Shunammite woman, at the time, Elisha was the prophet, the man of God. The doesn't say the Shunammite woman was called to be the prophet or the prophetess. doesn't say that. But it does say that she supported him with what she had. That's why it's so important. Another thing we can learn from her is to, to, is to, to continue to seek to serve even in the suffering. The Shunammite woman was barren and childless. And the fact that Elisha was unaware of this revealed that her personal suffering had not stifled her willingness to serve others. She could have wallowed in the misery of being barren, right? She could have just been miserable. And be, be, been, been, been a, a bitter old hag, just, just ticked off at the entire world. But she didn't let that, allow it to stop her. In her personal pain, she resisted uh, turning inward and instead focused outward. Instead of, instead of me just, just being just miserable and upset and depressed, you know what? I'm going to take this and I'm going to turn it outwards. I'm going to see how I can bless others. You know, how can I bless others? And finally, she cultivated gratitude to God first. The Shunammite woman gave birth to a child as, as promised, but several years later, the child died. And her, but her first response, you know, was to, it says, she came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. And then it says, her second response, she picked up her son and, and went out. Gratitude to God came first. Then she picked up her only child, right? Because she could have taken her child and just fallen apart, just fallen completely apart. And I can imagine as a father and all of us here with, with, with children, if you were in a situation where your child, God forbid, and I don't know everyone's story, but where you have your child and your child passes away, like you're, listen, I'm gonna be a hot mess. I can tell you right now, my first thought isn't going to go to pray to God, <laughs> right? Let's just, let's just be real. But the Shunammite woman knew that this blessing of a child, that that wasn't promised to her, right? She wasn't supposed to have children, but God gave her the blessing. And at that point, even though I, I feel that she believed that God was going to resurrect her son, she said to herself, at least I had this time. At least I had this time with my son. Thank you, God, for this short amount of time. So observe. So we're going to take this and we're going to observe the, the real quick the, the words and actions of Jesus. On the night that he would be betrayed, Jesus offered hospitality. And this is this is comparing to the to the suffering. Because just as she, as she was suffering, she still wanted to serve. Just as she was in pain and she was hurting, she still wanted to serve Jesus. When he was betrayed, he offered hospitality to his disciples. He encouraged them in their, in their own ministry. He served them in the face of great suffering. He offered thanks to God and eventually gave them something more generous than, than any of them could ever pay. His very life for their own. And as an Old Testament woman, she did not have the example of Jesus 
or the Holy Spirit to know how to go through suffering. But she walked by faith in the one true God and was transformed into his likeness. How much more possible for us to imitate Christ when we we have his, his grace to compel us and we have the very Holy Spirit that was upon him living inside of us. Come on, if this Shunammite woman could do it, she didn't have the example of Jesus. She didn't have the example of the Gospels. How much more can we do? How much better of a life? How much more of an example can we set for those around us when we have that same very Holy Spirit living within us? We have Jesus with us everywhere we go. That's a promise. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the example of this woman. This this unnamed Shunammite woman, she's referred to as the Shunammite woman. She could, She didn't even get her own name just where she came from. But Lord, this unknown woman is such a a, a prime example of how we can live our lives when we remain focused on you, remain focused on your son, Jesus Christ, remain, remain focused on the words that have been given to us, Lord. We remain focused on the example of what you've done before. Father, thank you for her. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Lord, a lot of us, were going through some stuff. Lord, we're going through some life right now. But Jesus, I pray that, that our focus will not be on our circumstances. Our focus will not be on our trials and tribulations, Lord God. Our focus will remain on you. Lord, as this woman held her, her dead son in her arms, her first thing was to, to go to the man of God. Because Elisha was your was your, your man on this planet, Lord. So through him, she was going to you. She was focused on you, Jesus. That's the example that we need to have, Lord. So Father, I pray for everyone on this call, everyone listening on the podcast and on YouTube later on, Jesus, that they, that they will truly look to you, Father. Walk in your grace. Walk in your mercy. Lord God, walk with, with our, 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 our chin held up a little higher and our, our chest puffed out a little bigger, Lord, because we know we have the backing of the creator of the universe. Thank you, Father, for this, Lord. And I pray, Father, as we are continuing this miracles in motion spiritual journey, Lord, over the next 24 months, Father, that you would, you would just show us your miracles. Show us how you're moving. Show us how you're working. Show us how you're blessing us. Father, we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I love y'all. And I will see you again next week. God bless.